Finance can be so confusing and overwhelming. Learn the tips and strategies so you can accomplish your financial goals. Let's break it all down so it's simple and easy to understand. If you know me by now and you've been listening to the pod for a while, you'll know I love examples as it's my favorite way to learn. Please, as always, leave a review. Give it five stars if you found that it has been helpful. And that's it for me. Enough rambling. Let's get to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Personal Finance Redefined Podcast. I'm excited for today's episode, all about the lessons and stories from history's greatest investors and what we can take from that. So really excited to hop into it today. Before I do so, I wanted to give you a quick update in that we are now on YouTube. So I am making YouTube videos in addition to this content. So if you're looking for more of a visual aspect as well as looking for other information in a condensed or different form, please go ahead and check out the YouTube page. So if you have any questions on that, just go ahead and click the description of this podcast episode. You'll be able to see that as well as a hyperlink to watch those videos. So I hope that's helpful. Once again, if you have any personal questions or any other questions you want submitted in a future episode or just answered, I answer all the questions. Whether I answer them in a future episode or respond directly to you, I get back to everyone. So please go ahead and go to personalfinanceredefined.co. That's personalfinanceredefined.co, and I will talk to you soon. (laughs) So let's go ahead and hop right into today's episode. So today's episode... Lessons learned from history's greatest investors. And what do all the great investors do? What are the most important lessons and stories throughout history that's surrounding investing? And ultimately, what is the best approach for your individual situation? What can we take from that? And so as investors, headlines are what we see and that's what concerns us, but it shouldn't. So Remember that journalists have a job, and that job is to get clicks, and they know they will get more clicks by driving fear into investors. And quite frankly, a journalist's job is they have an obligation to get people to read their article so their publication can sell advertisements and remain in business. So they are not focused on your goals, specifically your financial goals. And remember, the only way to fully protect yourself both in the short term and long term, but specifically in the short term, is to get out of the stock market. So although that may be the riskiest thing, if you do that over the long term, that's something you want to remember. And so in the book, Thinking Fast and Slow by Amos Tversky and Daniel Kahneman, they talk about the acronym WYSIATS which stands for what you see is all there is. And as investors, we see headlines dropping and all of these fearful things happening and all everything around us, whether it be COVID or political risk or the Fed, all of these moving parts. And that's not all there is. But how do we filter through the noise so that we can really reach our goals? So the first lesson I like to bring up is Benjamin Graham. And Warren Buffett credits Benjamin Graham for writing the best book on investing, and that book is The Intelligent Investor. Benjamin believes it's not all about how you invest, but believes the priority is structuring a financial plan to ensure you have a strategy to reach your goals. He specifically says, and I'll quote, the investor's chief problem and worst enemy is likely to be themselves. Daniel Kahneman, who won a Nobel Prize, discusses the heuristics we have and those we are blind to. He says, we think we are making rational decisions, but they're so often built on our emotions or subconscious programming. I think it's very wise. The next example I like is Charlie Munger. 
Charlie is Warren Buffett's partner at Berkshire Hathaway, and Charlie says, Waiting helps you as an investor, and a lot of people just can't stand to wait. If you didn't get the deferred gratification gene, you got to work very hard to overcome that. And here's an example I like to best use to illustrate this. You can either choose between a million dollars today, or you can receive one penny that doubles every day for a month. What would you choose? Well, most people choose the first option. The penny doubling every day for a month is worth almost $5,400,000. Now people say, whoa, 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 how could that even happen? But the crazy thing is that's the beauty of compound growth. The principal idea remains the same. If you give something time, you will have success. Charlie believes it is all about patience, choosing the right investments, and making sure they have enough time to work for you. The next person I like to take lessons from, Warren Buffett directly. Warren believes a market downturn doesn't bother us. He says, in quote, it's an opportunity to increase ownership with great management at great prices. And what I like about Warren is he attempts to reframe your thinking to view downturns as an opportunity rather than as a fearful time. So can you view downturns as an opportunity rather than solely enduring it, whether it makes sense to increase auto contributions you're currently doing, whether it makes sense to take other funds that you've set aside and say, you know what, I want the money working for me. So tons of flexibility there. The next investor, Jack Bogle. Now he says, and I quote, I don't even know anybody who knows anybody who can successfully predict the stock market and its ups and downs. Now, Jack revolutionized the financial services industry. He brought low-cost index funds to the retail investor. You may have heard of this small company he founded called Vanguard. So what I love about Vanguard and many of the funds that I have my clients in are Vanguard funds often if we determine that's best for them and their goals, and it's the beauty of low-cost index funds, but also taking an approach of, can we take these funds, make them work for us, but take a diversified approach? So understanding what funds make most sense for you, well, that completely depends on you and your goals, but he puts a good framework. The next investor is Peter Lynch, and Peter says, far more money has been lost by investors trying to predict the corrections than in the corrections itself. Now, Peter, he is regarded as one of the greatest investors of all time, and people lose money all the time because they attempt to time the market. I've seen it over and over again. And what happens next is the stock market continues to rise and investors don't go back in because prices are now too high for them to feel comfortable about entering the market. So every day that you don't invest, you're essentially missing out on the wealth that could have been created. So oftentimes individuals, they'll get lucky. They time the market and they get in at a great price at a great time. And for that, good for them. But what often happens is these individuals think, hey, I know the market better than everyone else. And so they continue to attempt to time the market and they miss out on some of the best days of the stock market as they wait on the sidelines in cash. So the best thing you can do as an investor is to have proper perspective. The next investor is Christopher Davis. Christopher says, and I quote, a 10% decline in the market is fairly normal. It happens about once a year. Investors who realize this are less likely to sell in a panic and more likely to remain invested, benefiting in the wealth building power of stocks. Once again, perspective is everything. If you invest because you expect it to only rise, you're setting yourself up for failure. 
if you understand every year your portfolio will be down and will have temporary decline, you're setting yourself up for success because you understand the process of investing. So it's about recognizing the stock market will absolutely fluctuate in the short term, but over the long term, you are positioned to reach your goals. The next investor here, Nick Murray, and he's the last one I will be explaining today. And he says, if you think the market is too high, wait until you see it 20 years from now. And I love that example because one of the common hesitations people have around investing is that the market is too high. But remember, the reason we invest is because the market continues to hit all-time highs. When you think about the market being too high, and it seems a correction will happen, it will. But will the market advance another 20% or 100% before that next downturn? Nobody has any idea where the market will be in 6 months, 12 months, 24 months, etc. The other quote Nick says that I love, no matter how much money you have, if you're still worried, you're not wealthy. So this is a very powerful quote, in my opinion. And what he says is financial planning, it doesn't have to do anything with how rich we are, but really how wealthy we are. And what wealth is versus being rich, wealthy is about the fulfillment fulfillment of what your values are. So you could be the richest person in the world. But if you're only rich in terms of financially rich, you're not wealthy. So it's not about dying with the most amount of money, but using your finances to do what it is that you truly want to do with your life. The hardest part about investing isn't actually the investing. It's the distractions, the headlines, the noise, the pollution that we see in the media. Now remember, when we're looking at financial planning, it all starts with a financial plan and an understanding that a strategy is all you need so that you have very clear confidence in what it takes to reach your goals. So that's it for today's episode. Once again, if you have a question you want answered in a future episode, go to my website, personalfinanceredefined.co. And if you're interested in understanding what it likes to work with me, you can always go ahead and use that same submit your question tab and find out more about my services as well as how I best help clients. So I'm looking forward to answering future questions and we'll see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening. If that was helpful, please do subscribe, leave five stars, rate it, review it, all that good stuff. And let me know how I can best help. I love answering questions, whether it's about taxes, investments, whatever is on your mind. I love seeing how I can best help you. So as always, you can submit a question on my website, personalfinanceredefined.co. That's personalfinanceredefined.co. And I'll see y'all next week. Hey everyone, quick disclaimer here. Please be smart about this, and before taking any action, consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It's for informational purposes only.